Welcome to The Money Show with all the chaos around whether kids are returning to school or not and dashed hopes and optimism and then the negativity and the fear and everything that comes around with the fact that this thing hasn't been planned properly, hasn't been thought through properly, that you know, PPE kit destined for KZN just disappeared into thin air because somebody thought it was a good idea to steal it. I mean, all of this sort of stuff that we shouldn't be used to, but we are in South Africa, is really undermining government's efforts to get kids back to school. And government has also failed, frankly, to fill the gap for kids. I suggested in the early on in the lockdown that we should use the SABC, for example, as a stopgap to do William Smith-type tutorials. And I know SABC Education has done a bit on this, sort of, on this particular front, but it could have been done so much more broadly and aggressively and that would have taken a huge amount of pressure off the education department to get kids back to school and to rush kids back to school. And what Musi Maimani is worried is going to be a death sentence for, for many kids. Whether he's right or not, I don't know. But certainly for some of us, we've been able to see our kids get some virtual education, some digital education. I don't want to call it homeschooling, I don't want to call it online learning either. It's more kind of learning using online mechanisms. Ryan Omani is an expert at this stuff. It's mostly in adult education, but I want to pick his brain a little. He's got young kids um, on his experience of learning online versus online learning. Ryan is the managing director of Get Smarter. It's a company that is based in Cape Town. It's got its origins out of UCT. And it uh, does online adult education uh, using tools from around the world. An extraordinary lecturer is from MIT and from uh, universities around the globe. And it's all operated out of a hub at Woodstock in Cape Town. I went there just before the lockdown. It's incredible. But Ryan, let's talk about kids in education first before we talk about adult education and the huge opportunities that this COVID-19 crisis has brought to the fore. What's been your impression of your kids' learning online through this process. Hi, Bruce. Uh, nice to be with you, first of all. <laughs> and nice to be with you on, on the radio. I think when you came to visit us before lockdown, uh, my hair was a lot shorter, so I'm very glad that you don't get to see my <laughs> my current mane and all its uh, unclipped glory. Welcome to the club. I think I, I've actually ordered online a, a pair of clippers, which is the surest indicator yet that that regulation will be dropped soon and hairdressers will soon be back in business. I am the contraindicator when it comes to um, when it comes to jumping the gun on these things. If you want to borrow my clippers, Ryan, I'm sure I can get them couriered to you, sanitized. Thank you, Bruce. That is that is very kind. I know. Um, that kind you, you, asked, you, <laughs> <laughs> you asked me about the schooling and, and my experience as a as a parent. Um, uh, I think we, we mentioned this before. That I can give a perspective as a parent. Uh, we at Get Smarter, we are experts in, in adult education uh, and, and not in educating children. Um, but yes, I, I have been watching uh, really this this uh, very mass uh, mass migration to to online. And I think it's right that you describe it the way that you did. It's uh, I don't think what we're seeing at the moment is is a true reflection of what online learning is. Um, we, we, re- we regard it as remote learning, which is really uh, really a temporary substitution for what's happening in the classroom. Rather than something that's been designed specifically for online, uh, this is, it's, it's a substitution, it's temporary, and therefore it comes at the expense of quality. And I think it's perceived as, as uh, I think it's perceived as um, being lower quality, as being inferior to, to the real thing, which is being in the classroom. I mean, it's, um, a I must say, it's, I, I, it's, it's a tough experience, though, to try and replicate what happens in the classroom via a digital platform is blooming hard. And we need to give credit where it's due to schools absolutely. and teachers that are pulling it off. I mean, because, geez, like if it's hard for kids, it's hard for their teachers, too. 
Absolutely. I mean, this when we spoke about it pre-lockdown, uh, I, I was experiencing it with a sense of frustration of saying, come on, this it can be so much better if designed well. But the reality is it just didn't have the benefit of, of time to to design in such a way. And so you have to applaud the effort, and the, the, especially what I've seen in schools. And, and those that went in early have really learned a lot. So what was happening two months ago to what is happening now is it's just it shows that when you use the medium well it you really can have meaningful impact i mean my child is writing exams online and she's nine years old i think i think what's what's happening there is fantastic yeah i mean and you'd feel sorry for kids who are missing their friends and stuff and then were told oh you can go back to school this week oh no you can't haha <laughs> suckers um and um it's it's really really tough but i mean and again you know kids adapt and teachers adapt and schools adapt and we've got a situation where for many uh for many schools they've been told they can't go back to to school just yet simply because it's not safe to do so government's not ready so it looks like that online environment is with us for at least a while longer uh, I think so. I think it's it's a permanent part of of our, our education systems now. I think we need to embrace it fully, and we need to uh, really embrace it in a way that can get the best out of the medium itself. Uh, I do feel sorry about the children that are missing their friends, but I, I feel more sorry about the children that have not had any education, that haven't had the access to online education, or uh, I think you mentioned earlier to to the SABC broadcasting. William Smith type of, of videos or, or content. I know they've done a bit of it, but I, I feel desperately sorry for those children that have not had access to education over this time. It's especially in the early formative years. I think it's absolutely crucial. Yeah, and I mean, the consequences if we don't play catch up and we don't think creatively about it and we don't do things like you know, shorten holidays. We mustn't scrap holidays, but shorten holidays and make the holidays more efficient in terms of uh, of using the the time that's available in the academic year and perhaps you know overlapping it into the new year. We're going to have long term consequences for kids who are just missing out on so many building blocks. In your experience of online education versus education online, because that's the subtle difference we're talking about. And let's take it to the adult realm where you are an expert. I mean, how fundamentally different are the sorts of courses which you provide online from some of the best universities in the world, some of the best teachers in the world, to somebody who would be going to one of those institutions and sitting in the classroom and absorbing similar content? Well, I think I think you've got to think about them as how they've been designed. So uh, the typical course that you would go to a university for, it's, it's designed uh, in a way that that takes into account the campus, the physical location, the fact that you're having a live lecture, you sit in large auditorium halls, they know they have you captive for 45 minutes to an hour for a lecture. Um, When you design for online, you need to think about the medium, number one, what you can achieve through that medium and the tools that are available to you, which are are quite fast uh, if you do it well. And then you also need to think about the, the learner or the student, how are they consuming the content, uh, what does their lifestyle look like? And for us, when we design for an adult education, we're designing for a working professional who's trying to consume content to to get through a course of study, but they're doing it in snippets. They have an hour here, half an hour here. It's in between looking after kids, in between going to work, uh, commuting, not so much commuting now, but in between all of that, they have to find time to get through their study. So we design it in a way that not only fits the medium, but also the student itself. 
Uh, so we do it in, in much shorter snippets. We, we chunk content together. We give uh, students a sense of, of making progress. So they, they're really kind of gamifying it in such a way that they can tangibly see the progress they're making towards their learning outcomes. It all has to be designed around the outcomes that you're trying to achieve for that student. Uh, it, it's a fascinating insight because these are adults. These are people who should have the self-discipline, unlike school kids who um, simply don't need to be driven through the process and need to have a lot of hand-holding through the process. When you look at your business volumes, I mean, uh, I saw you as you you had a room full of uh, uninterrupted power supply, um, batteries and backup devices. You were sending 600 people home to work from home. Do you think they're ever going to come back to the office again? I mean, have you created an environment where you can actually sustainably work from home? Uh, we, we are lucky in that we've, been, we, we've managed our operations fairly uninterrupted. Uh, luckily, we didn't have to dep- use too much of the, those uninterrupted power supplies. The light stayed on. Uh, we've, we've, managed, we've managed it well. Uh, we can continue to manage it well. Uh, but I think that for us, uh, our office location, we, we're based out of Woodstock, we actually have two locations at the moment. We believe that our office and the connectedness of people is part of our culture. It's part of the energy and the vibe of, of our offices. You visited us where there were very few people there, but we, we feel that that collaborative type of environment not only energizes the people that work there, but we, we think it's conducive to great collaboration and problem solving. And so, um, the, the realization we, we've been able to operate well. Our, our teams have been magnificent in the way that they've dealt with the challenges of working from home, but we miss each other. We, we miss the connectedness hey. that we have of people. Yeah. And if anyone's do, listening from my team, do, I miss you guys a lot. Do, do your staff feel the same way? I suppose that is the, <laughs> the maybe they don't miss me so much. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll have to ask them, but no, we, we, we believe, we believe that we, we at some point will return, but we only, going to return when we can ensure the safety of, of our team members. What has what demand been like for online courses? Because, I mean, at the beginning of this thing, everybody was talking about, oh, we'd have so much spare time, and this is the time that you can upskill, and this is the time you can learn something new. I don't know about you, but I have never been busy. <laughs> the, I mean, the first week or two was quiet, but it's only all hell broke loose, and it takes twice as much effort and time to do what you used to do in a digital environment as we get used to it. Yeah, uh, Absolutely. Time was a thought of everyone thinks they'll have lots of spare time and, and suddenly you don't. Uh, dealing, with, dealing with the challenges of working from home, I, I agree, you, you, you don't have time. Uh, but what, what we have seen is motivation. I think people have realized to do a course with us, you, you have to be motivated. You, you have to have high intent. You can't just have time. You have to have the motivation. These are challenges, challenging courses of study uh, with the best universities in the world. And they demand uh, your attention. They demand your focus. Um, so, so we've seen the motivation come through, and I, and I think that's because what we've seen with the pandemic is this rapid acceleration of change. And essentially, our courses are designed to help working professionals like you and I to to thrive in an ever changing world. And the rate of change is, has been so prolific up till now, but even it's at warp speed now going through this pandemic. And so I think what people have seen is this rapid change and that it's a good idea to constantly invest in your skills to keep yourself relevant and agile to the changing working, not only world of work, but world of business and the way that things happen globally.
Have you seen a commensurate increase then in demand for courses, people actually paying for and downloading courses? Because, I mean, with all due respect, they don't come cheap. These are big investments and you pay for quality. But um, it's a big ticket item for people who are paying for it themselves. Yes, it, it definitely is. We, we, we've seen we've seen certainly employers have been more willing to invest in their in their staff. They've that's good. We've seen that as an increase, and we've certainly seen a lot of motivation to study. So we have seen more people coming to the site. Uh, we have seen people in more people enrolling. We we enroll people from all over the globe. So we we've uh, to this we've been we've been doing this for, since two thousand eight and have educated over a hundred thousand people from almost every country around the world. Uh, we're still uh, doing the geography lesson, but it's pr- almost all of them now. Um, but we certainly have seen in different regions, different increases in demand and more people wanting to study. We, we've also seen uh, a lot of people under financial pressure. And so therefore we, we try and, and see where we can help with, with the relief programs, scholarships and bursaries from the universities to, to study. Uh, so we try and assist where we can, but, Yes, I would say that we have seen a lot of people turn to investing in themselves and their education. Just, I mean, you, you've hinted at it, and I'm keen for you to paint the picture because I mean, the, one of the last things you would think would be in a, a massive office space, two big offices in, in Woodstock, is a global education business, a place that where which, which collates and collects education programs from around the world. I mean, I've, I mentioned Harvard a moment ago and MIT. I think Columbia's in there as well. A bunch of global universities with the, the best teachers in the world. These courses are then sort of piped into Woodstock and then people come to Woodstock virtually to collect the courses. I'm doing it in the clunkiest layman's terms I possibly can, but that's certainly how I understand the Get Smarter model. Yes, it is. Uh, you've described it well uh, outside of the pipes. Um, but yes, we, we're, a, we're a global business. We, we are part of a, a global edtech leader called 2U, which is, is based in the US, listed on NASDAQ. And we do work with some of the best universities in the world. Uh, we actually work with six of the top 10 universities in the world. Uh, we work with the top university in, in Africa, which is University of Cape Town, and we have done for the last 12 years. We work with Oxford, Cambridge, MIT, Yale, Harvard, London School of Economics, and the Stanford Center for Health Education, So, we, uh, amongst others. Uh, they, I think what they saw us doing with UCT, we were doing high-quality high quality online courses, a really, real focus on outcomes, real focus on using the data to understand how people learn and, and really inserting people into the learning journey. I think one of the things about uh, whether it's online learning or remote learning or distance learning as we, we know it from the past is that it can be a lonely endeavor. And we've achieved over a 95%, a 90% completion rate and over a 95% satisfaction rate, but we achieve those high completion rates from having people inserted in the journey to keep you on track, to keep you motivated, to make sure that you feel part of a community. And I think when the universities around the world saw this and saw what we were doing with UCT, when they came to choosing a partner to take their courses online, they they chose us at the tip of Cape Town uh, because you can do incredible things from Cape Town. 
Um, give me a sense of the value of the courses. Um, we can assess the prices for ourselves. But, I mean, how much of this is a branding exercise? The fact that, you know, Oxford and Cambridge have got these fantastic brands and they are seen as bastions of education. And so when I sign up for one of these uh, courses, I, I get a little certificate that says you took part in a course from Cambridge. Big deal. It's not a degree from Cambridge or from Oxford. But, hey, I took part in a course. I mean, is there any commercial value to having a certificate like that? Well, it's those things are probably difficult to measure in terms of the outcomes. Uh, we, we try to track that to see how people are progressing in their careers. We have fantastic student stories of, of how people have taken the, the skills that they've learned from these courses and how that's either given them a promotion, uh, whether it's they've tackled a new business challenge. So we constantly feed back from our students and we see that they, they come back for more. So I think that's probably the biggest uh, for, for me, the biggest testament to the value is that the students come back and they repeat and they take more courses. But, uh, you know, the, the value is really about the outcomes that you're trying to achieve and and what the course does. So if you're looking to learn cybersecurity, would you not want to learn cybersecurity from uh, a Harvard uh, lecturer like Eric Rosenbach, who was the chief of staff for the Pentagon? And has really like written books and research into this area and really understands it. And you can run a, a live simulation of cybersecurity on the course. Would that be appealing? Mm-hmm. Is that of value to you? Um, whether it's trying to learn about sustainability and climate change with the University of Cambridge, the, the Institute for Sustainability Leadership, where you're learning from global experts who have been leading the charge on, on climate change and the agenda on climate change since before it became became a thing so uh, i think it's really about what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to learn uh, and and whether the content itself is is achieving that we, we believe it is we we fixated on learning outcomes we fixated on on the value that we add uh, because we believe in improving people's lives through through better education how long until we could do an entire degree we could do our PPE, politics, philosophy, and economics. It's what um, everybody used to do in the olden days if they wanted to join Anglo-American, for example, or wanted to go into a career in politics, or whatever right. the case was. And you would do a PPE, which is a good all-round education, and you'd go to Oxford. You'd go to one of the Oxford universities, and you'd do it there. I mean, is there any way that at some point in the not-too-distant future you can sit in your bedroom in your pyjamas um, rather than going to a lecture in your pyjamas um, and uh, and actually study full-time for a full-blown, globally relevant, globally competitive degree without um, the, the, the schlep, the expense and the complexity of having to travel internationally to do it? Well, uh, not too distant future indeed. You, you, could, be, you could be doing that... Uh, in September with the London School of Economics, you can do an undergraduate degree um, through, uh, it's in collaboration with 2U, which is which is our, our company. And you can do all of that online. You can do a three-year degree online. I mean, it's, it seems weird, doesn't it? I mean, you went to a, a physical university. I went to a physical university. And half of the time, of course, it's, you know, education is more about the books and, and what you learn and it's what you experience and live. Does that worry you at all about the future of this online world, or is it simply about the outcomes? Uh, in terms of the different experiences that our children yeah, will have? And, and the quality of life experience. I mean, that's, I think, the point I'm getting to. Well, I think the, uh, I think the transformative experience that you have as a social experience when you go to university 
that, as you said, it's university is sometimes more than, than just the course of study. I think that's unique, and I think that will forever be a part, uh, and I hope it will forever be a part of our future. I think that the benefits of online learning means that you can design it and you can have reach you can and you can design it for people that might not be at that stage of their life. They might be wanting to take a degree while they're working or they may want to be taking a degree while they're traveling. Uh, but I, I think that it, it adds another element to it. And I think not only does it broaden the reach, but it, it, it enables more people to, to experience a high quality education. I think when you combine it with the social experience, it can be even more transformative. And so I think you'll see more blended learning options coming into, into play, into uh, undergraduate study, graduate studies, and all kinds of study that you, you can engage in. But the magic of what we've learned, I think, over the last two months is in the severest of lockdowns anywhere in the world and the experiences we've all had, whether it be learning new ways of working and new ways of earning an income or whether it's our kids learning and we're watching them learn and stressing for them, all of these things have taught us something fundamental has shifted in the, the way we work and communicate and could very well study full-time differently into the future than we did and our parents did. I think so. I I don't think that it'll be... Uh, I don't think that you'd want to replace some of the experiences that, we, that we've had or no. our parents had, but I think you can certainly enhance that experience through well-designed, uh, well-designed courses of study that, that are online. Um, I think it's before it, it was something that people were considering, and now it has become part of part of our lives, uh, as we've seen in, in every facet of our lives. Ryan Omani, thank you. Managing Director at Get Smarter, part of a global network called 2U, listed on the NASDAQ. Uh, the difference between learning online, being educated online, and online education, the subtle differences, of course, of how rapidly the world is changing. And if your kids have been lucky enough, they're not going to see it like that, <laughs> uh, to be sitting at home and uh, being overseen by you, perhaps, or by your spouse, um, as they struggle with the tech and the schedules and the responsibility that comes with managing their time at the age of 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, or 12, or maybe slightly older. But yeah, the world is changing, and it's not too far into the future where you could be sitting at home in Joburg, in Cape Town, in Durban, wherever you might be in your pajamas and having a global choice saying, do I want to go to University of KZN? Do I want to go to UCT? Do I want to go to Stellenbosch? Or do I fancy my chances putting myself against the world's best at Oxford and I've got the budget to match? That's the future. It's here.